Everyone? I didn't know I was so old. 22 is, ooh, getting up there in age. <laughs> what your sister used to say to me at oh, your oh. age, so. Well, so as Pastor said, we are continuing in our rubber band series on growth. We are talking about how we can grow in many different ways. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a, a way that I think is so simple, so simple that any of us can do it, but it's also something that we often don't think about, we don't want to do. And I'll get more into it later, but if we could just stand for the reading of the word real quick. It's in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. And when you get there, say amen. Amen. Oh, awesome. We're all there. And it says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. Someone say hard to understand. Hard to understand. Which the ignorant and unstable twist. Someone say twist. Twist. Twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. But you, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability. Right. But grow. Someone say grow. Grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We can all bow our heads in prayer with this service. Jesus, we come before you, God. Another opportunity, Lord, to hear your words being spoken, God, and to get closer to you, Lord Jesus. I ask that all of us are able to grow in you more and more each day, beginning today and going on for the rest of our lives, Lord. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How many of us out there have ever made a mistake? Anybody? Yes, I would have all of my limbs up if I could. We've all made mistakes. And I don't know if you guys have heard it. You, anyone over the age of maybe about 22 in here has heard these young guys say a, a few phrases. And from afar, they sound kind of like, what are these guys talking about? But here, here, here's one of the phrases. Ready? What do you mean? Have any of you guys heard that phrase kind of coming around a little bit? If you haven't heard it before today, let me tell you, your ears are going to perk up and you're going to hear it because it is said often. Uh, another phrase that we hear a little bit going on with the younger crowd. This man has played himself. Played himself. I'll give you the, the translation later. Hang tight for me. And, and another one, another one we have. You thought. You thought. All of these phrases are usually said whenever someone makes a mistake. They say, you played yourself, or you thought. And that's the last time I'm going to say it like that, I promise. I'll let them take care of it from now on. Someone fired me from saying any phrases like that before a couple days ago. Anywho, the point is, we've all made mistakes, and we know people who have made mistakes. And sometimes they're so clear that even younger people, even kids, 
can see the mistakes. It's just, it's something that's blatant to us. I want to tell you just a little story about um, when we were in Greece. And it, it was a story about a mistake that was definitely made. We were in this restaurant called Flavor, and it was a, uh, a nicer restaurant. Um, the, the food was delicious there. I, I personally thought so, at least. It had good pasta. I think Julie can attest to that. I remember she had pasta. But anyway, we were at this restaurant. It was uh, after a night service from our um, ministering at the camps in Athens. And we all ordered our food. This had to have been Saturday or Sunday night. So we had been in Greece for a while. We got the, the, the way of how things work down, or so we thought. Um, but whenever we ordered food, we kind of had an idea of whenever you pay for a certain amount, you're going to get about this much food. And we usually... We usually thought we were going to get less food than we actually got, but most of the time it would fill us up. Anybody testify to that that way? Like, yes. We would pay maybe what would be equivalent to $5 in America and we would get a full course meal, what it seemed like, and we'd all be stuck. But on this one night, we went to this um, restaurant called Playboy, and poor John Wayne, bless his soul, he ordered two snack size sandwiches. Snack size. Snack size sandwiches. There you go. You see where I'm going with this. He ordered what he thought would be two snack size sandwiches that he could just, you know, nibble on a little bit for dinner, not have anything too too much, too filling. But oh my goodness, when the waitress brought out his food. What 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 was your thought, John Wayne? Can I like describe this? Go, go for it. Okay. Okay. He'll do better. So, so, the sandwich, she brought the one plate out and said, I have the snack size salmon sandwich. It was a salmon sandwich that cost me three pounds for a snack size. Three euro. Three euro. Not pounds. We weren't in Britain. But, so, she brings out the plate and it has one of the snack size sandwiches cut in half. So, this was probably like a Subway, like eight inch sub was their snack size sandwich. And so she has, says, I have a second snack size sandwich. And I was like, who else got a snack size sandwich besides me? And they're like, and the waiter comes over and he's, she's like, no, you got two of them. And I was like, two sandwiches that are this long each. And they were salmon and they were snack size. And it was way too much food. <laughs> On. Yeah. Or this man played himself. Yes, he did. He played himself. He made a huge mistake that was apparent as soon as he made it. And it was a great time. It was a great time. We were talking about that for the whole night. His snack-sized salmon sandwiches that could have fed an army. So we get the point. Mistakes are clear, especially when we're looking at someone else's life and how they're doing it. Everybody at the table looked at John Wayne like, ooh, <laughs> good luck. And it was just apparent that he, was, he, was, he made a big mistake. But beyond that, we can look at these small things and just have a clear idea of how no matter what people do and they make a mistake, people can see it. It's very obvious to them blatantly obvious. Here we're laughing about it because he really didn't waste any money at all. It was still well within budget, but he got way too much food. But we look at other people that have been victim to drugs or alcohol, and it's so clear when we're not dealing with the situation, but we can see that they are making huge mistakes, that they're going down 
uh, an awful path. And there, it, what the teens would say, you played yourself. You thought you were doing something that was going to get you um, some kind of benefit in your life. You thought that this was going to be something that wouldn't mess with your life too much, but then you see the effects and it takes hold. We look at these things and we imagine the negative effects of all of it. Mistakes are usually tied to sin or folly, and we get stuck in them, and they lead to guilt and shame, depression, missed opportunities, and lifelong burdens. We see these mistakes in people's lives, and it's so obvious to us that they're making a mistake, and we don't want to end up that way. Now you're probably thinking, well thanks Lisa for killing the mood there, we were having such a fun time there. But then you got all deep and stuff, and it sounds kind of dark, and what does that even have to do with the rubber band series and growing? I'm glad you asked. I didn't come today to condemn anyone about their mistakes, but I want us, I want to encourage us to grow and learn from others' mistakes. We know that we've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. We've come short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, it says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We all make mistakes. We get that. My emphasis is just that we need to learn from others' mistakes. And more specifically, in the main text that we read at the beginning, we, we saw that people were unstable, they were ignorant, and they twisted the scripture. Twisted the scripture to their own destruction, the verse says. In, uh, in verse 16, it says, There are some things, from what we read earlier, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, some things in these writings that Paul is putting forth, things in scripture that's hard to understand. But instead of getting to know it, getting into the scripture and learning more about it, searching the scriptures, instead of doing that, the ignorant and the unstable twist those scriptures to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. We have to understand that these people these, uh, that are ignorant, they're untaught, they're unlearned, they're unstable, we don't want to be like that. We do not want to be like that. We must learn from their mistakes and their errors in uh, how they interpret the scripture. When we look at the word ignorant, you think someone who's untaught, unlearned. Someone who either has not been taught the word of God, or they didn't have a full revelation of the word of God. It, it, it's someone, to me, who did not take the time to get into the Word of God and to understand it for themselves. But in a way, they just kind of took the easy way out. They did what, what pleased them, and that caused their own destruction. The other word that it used to describe the people who twist the scriptures, twist those words, is unstable. And when you think of someone who's unstable, it's someone who is wishy-washy. They're one way now, another way then. They don't have a sure foundation that they stand on. Their life doesn't reflect what they're trying to teach. It's one way here, one way, uh, another way there. And we see these unstable and ignorant people all around us today. And we have to be careful because if we listen to those people, if we follow those people that teach in this way, they're unstable, they're ignorant, they're teaching this way and twisting the scriptures to their own destruction, we're going to fall too. 
So we have to learn from that. We have to learn from others' mistakes and the effects of it. We don't want to go down that same path. There are some people that just say, and they preach from the highest point, they preach, all you need to do is believe and you're saved. That's it. All you have to do is believe and that's it. You're saved. There, there's nothing else. You just say Jesus is God and you're done. They, they take a scripture like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only uh, begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, that is true. That God gave his only son. That uh, we can have life in him and everything. But if we just take that one little bit and say, well, all we have to do is believe there, without looking at what the rest of Scripture says, then we're twisting it. In a sense, we're making it easier. And we're making it uh, easier, we're twisting it to our own destruction. We also hear other people, um, they twist another Scripture in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, that thou shalt be saved. And then they stop there. There's no other growth needed. It's just, boom, you're saved after that. Just by looking at that one verse. And that's not quite right. We know that we have to actually love God. We have to have a relationship with God and continue to seek Him in order for Him to make a change in our life. Otherwise, we're not really pleasing God. We're not becoming what God wants us to be. People twist scripture in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, to say that you don't have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to do that. No, no, no. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Which is true. But what is that name? Does anybody know it? The name of Jesus Christ. If we just take that scripture and we just say, uh, repeat it in a way, and instead of actually following the directions that Jesus was giving, yes. they were missing the point and were twisting that scripture. Right. 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 Amen. As people twist the scripture, it waters down what God's original plan was. Right. They twist it until it kind of loses its power because it, it, they demote it to something that God did not intend uh, to put forth. Another big thing that people twist, they say that speaking in tongues, that was just for those in the old days, in the old Bible days. Speaking in tongues, that doesn't have anything to do with receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was just some, something that happened way back long ago. Or better yet, yeah, it's a gift of the Spirit, but just for certain people. It's not for everyone. Can I tell you something? The gift of the Holy Ghost is for everyone. Right. Amen. Amen. For everyone, every single person can receive that gift today. Matter of fact, Selena right here, she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't twist the scriptures. Don't water God's word down. Don't follow the people who do that. Learn from their mistakes. We see in our text... You therefore, beloved, he's saying the, the other people, the unstable, the ignorant, they twist the scriptures, but then he turns back and he says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, now that you know this, you've seen it, you all, you're here today, you see this happening. 
Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. It is our responsibility to make sure we don't fall away into what uh, other people are doing, their mistakes in uh, understanding scriptures. We don't want to fall into that same error. And he goes on to say, but grow. Someone say grow. Grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are so many examples in the Bible of how God will give you the knowledge and understanding that you need if you just ask for it. In 2 Timothy 2.15, we're commanded to study, to shoe ourselves ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God has given us his word. All we have to do is study it. He makes it available to us more now than ever before. All of our devices, every app that we have, we have it at our fingertips. And yet, we're still not studying. And that can lead to falling into the same pitfalls that um, these people who are twisting scripture are leading us down to. We don't want any of that, but you can combat it by studying the scripture. You remember Solomon from the Old Testament. Solomon prayed to God to give him wisdom. He didn't ask for riches or anything. He asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him and blessed him with more than that. He blessed him with all kinds of riches and things, and he was the wisest man who ever lived because he asked for wisdom. And God makes that available to us today, too. He makes himself available to give his wisdom, give his knowledge and everything to us. We just have to ask. And I know this might seem like a daunting thing for us to, especially if we're just starting out in our faith, it may seem like a daunting thing to have to try to avoid all these pitfalls that are happening here. Well, how am I supposed to know if so-and-so is right or if this TV preacher is telling the truth? Yes, I know that you're probably thinking, okay, I'm trying to read my Bible stuff, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's King James Version, or as Pastor said earlier, religionese, and it's like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Can I tell you, there are people here in this very room that can help you. There's so many people in here that will help you grow, that have learned from others' mistakes, that have seen the pitfalls of how other um, preachers or other people have taught people in the wrong way. They've seen that and have instead chosen to search the scriptures and learn for themselves. And they're right here and they're willing to help you. In fact, I encourage us today If you're someone who's been in this faith for any amount of time, we have to step up. We have to step up and be the people that others can come to who have questions so that we can help them grow in their faith and help them grow in the knowledge of God. Amen? Yes. We're told to grow in grace and to grow in knowledge in that scripture. I believe it was verse... 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you might be thinking, wow, we're actually getting to the end? Lisa always preaches so, so long. (laughs) I know you're thinking that. I do, because Michelle told me that earlier. (laughs) She told me to be quick today. Pastor even told me not to be too long, because I might put some of you to sleep. But I do want to, like, check in and 
give you a little notice. We are actually coming to a close here soon, so don't don't fall asleep on me yet. Good, good. Thank you for being there. But I, I really, I just say that because I want you to get the next part of what I'm going to say about growing in grace and knowledge. I started out talking about how this is such a simple thing to do, a simple concept. Learning from others' mistakes. It's so simple to see when others fall, to see the consequences of when people twist scripture specifically or when they do any kind of mistake. You have our young people saying, you thought, or you played yourself, or what do you mean, or what are you doing? It's so clear whenever we see these mistakes. But what we have to do after we see those, or as we're seeing that, we have to make up in our minds that we're going to grow in grace, that we can actually learn from that. Like it said in our scripture, but you therefore, you, you can be different. You don't have to go down that same path. So we know that we get knowledge from God, His Word, His people. I told you that um, there are people in this very room that can help us, people of authority, people in ministry that help us, that God puts into our lives so that we can get grace and knowledge, so that we can get the knowledge, excuse me, and keep on growing. We do these things so that we don't lose our stability. We do these things so that we can continue to grow. But we have to understand the meaning of grace before we can grow in grace. Does that make sense? We, we can't grow in something we don't really know what's going on with it. Grace is essentially whenever you mess up, and in, or whenever you do something wrong or anything, and God blesses you anyway. You don't deserve it, but God gives you grace. He gives us grace and salvation. None of us, none of us are good enough to be saved. None of us can earn our own salvation, but God gives us grace. Right. He had enough grace that he became our sacrifice because none of us could do it on our own. He gives us this grace not so that we could keep on messing up, not that we can keep on sinning and sinning. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 2, Paul is saying, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And in other words, he's saying, what in the world? Are we just going to keep on sinning because it's fun and we know that God's grace is so awesome and it's going to cover me? Are we supposed to just keep on sinning because we know that God is so good to us and gives us this grace? He says, by no means or no way. We, we, we don't do that. How can we who died to sin, sin doesn't have a hold, us, a hold on us anymore. How can we who died to sin still live in it? It doesn't make sense. We have to grow in grace, but that doesn't mean that we keep on relying on grace to cover every mistake so that we just make mistakes for the fun of it. We need to grow and get beyond, um, we need to get beyond that point where we're using grace as a crutch in a sense. But we need to be able to understand God's grace so that he can have more power through us. You might be thinking, what do you mean, Lisa, that it doesn't make sense? Can I tell you, he wants to show you his power. God wants to have a relationship with you and show his power to you. And the way he does that is through his grace. 
Because as we continue, as we make up our mind that we're going to get closer to God, as we make up our mind that, God, I want to grow in my relationship with you. In our rubber band series, I want to grow. You make up your mind that you want to grow, and God's going to help you. But he understands that you're not perfect. That's where grace comes in. We, uh, he understands that you're going to make mistakes. And you can, you can come to the music if you'd like. I am wrapping up. The thing is, the more that we grow and we understand God's grace, the more that we can really wrap our heads around what it means to have grace, the more that God's love is going to be apparent in our lives. At first, when we're saved, when we first come into knowledge of God, it, it just seems like some kind of, oh, grace, yes, that's what they sing about in the songs. And we don't really, we don't have a concept of what it is. And then we get into it a little bit more and we see, yeah, I'm not perfect. I can't do this on my own. I need God's grace to help me. And you get into God a little bit more. You get into your relationship with God a little bit more. And His grace becomes even more apparent to you. Because you see that no. Even though I'm trying to lead people. Even though I'm trying to have an effect on my family. I'm trying to do right. I still just cannot reach this level of perfection, if you will. And I fall short. And even though your intentions are pure, you'll still make mistakes. And God is sitting there like, you're on the right path. You're doing well. Continue. Grow in my grace. I'm giving you a little leeway because I know that you're going to mess up. But my child, will you come up? Will you continue to move and grow in me? Don't stop. Don't be discouraged. You can do this. You can live for God. You have the power to do that. He gives you the power to do that. Amen. It is so, so important that we make the decision to grow. Gavin, it is so important that we grow. We can't stay where we are. Wherever you are right now, if you say, oh, I don't think I've moved very much from now, from a six months ago. That's a problem. We have to continuously be growing. Every day, every week, every month. That doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. But as long as we are committing to grow, committing to our relationship with God, we have some good godly people in our lives. We're the ones trying to be good godly people in others' lives. We're able to grow that way, and God gives us the grace to do so. If we could all stand right now. All of us in here can probably think of one thing, one mistake that we've made, one thing that just keeps on coming back repeatedly in our lives. You think it's gone for a little bit, and then it, boom, it's back there again and you think oh, I'm never going to be able to get over this one thing I'd like you to think about that thing right now think about that thing that keeps on tripping you up it might be a fear it might be an addiction something that keeps on coming back even though you think it's gone and then you, you fall again I want you to think about that thing and I want you to pray take the next few moments and pray that God 
will move in your situation, that he'll move in your life, so that that thing will be something you will overcome and that you'll be able to grow from it. We have these mistakes, these sins in our lives, these addictions that stunt growth. They keep us in this one place for too long. But God's saying, no, no, no. That doesn't have to be in your life anymore. Give it up to me. I can handle that. Let me help you up. You don't have to stay down any longer. I'll help you grow. Can we pray that right now? Can we take a moment, find a place somewhere that you are able to talk to God about those things in your life that are stunting your growth? 